Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Are you dreaming of climbing Kilimanjaro or trekking to Everest Base Camp, but discouraged because you live in Florida, Iowa, or another super flat place? You may be asking yourself, how the cheese balls do I train for high altitude mountain hiking when I live at sea level? Friends, if you're dreaming your mountain hiking dreams in the flatlands, this episode is for you. I'm going to share with you the workouts that help me prepare for big mountaineering trips while living in Cleveland, Ohio, which is super flat, and Bangkok, Thailand, which is actually below sea level. I can't promise you this kind of training is going to be fun or easy. But is it possible to succeed in climbing the mountain? 110%. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks, of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey friends, how you doing? I am actually amazing now that this election is over. Does anyone else feel like a mountain has just been lifted off their shoulders? I don't know about you guys, but I spent the entire week before when they were counting the ballots, just glued to CNN. I'm like, it's going to happen any minute. They're, they're going to call it. <laughs> they're going to call Pennsylvania. And, and of course, this went on for four days. And it's funny, I had a race on Saturday and was out doing a trail half and just enjoying nature, enjoying the sun on my face. It was a really beautiful day here in Colorado. And the race volunteers were out. They were in little groups of two or three, pointing the way, handing out water. And at one point, I ran past a group of them, and they were really excited. And I heard the word election. And at this point, I was suffering kind of hard, so I didn't even think much about it. But that was probably right when the election was called. Because by the time we got to the finish line, the news was out. We went to the brewery to celebrate and have some post-race beers and some cheese fries. So 
all in all, a very, very successful Saturday. <sighs> now we can all kind of exhale and get back to worrying about COVID, I guess, which is a whole nother mess. But let's not be glum. <laughs> let's talk about a subject that's probably the number one question I get asked as a hiking fitness coach. And this is, how do you train for mountain hiking when you live somewhere flat and also somewhere low if you're at sea level? How do you prepare for something like Mount Rainier or Kilimanjaro or the Mount Everest Base Camp Trek or the Inca Trail? all of which are at somewhat high elevation. And I think a lot of people look at me living here in Denver and they're like, oh, you don't get it. You're just going to tell us to do the things that Colorado people do, which make it so easy, right? We just get to go out and hike in beautiful nature for six hours and it feels like nothing because the trails are beautiful and they just go on and on and the scenery is amazing. But Here's what you may not know about me. I actually am from Cleveland. So especially in 2018, when I was getting ready for my mountaineering trip to Ecuador, my dad was having a lot of health problems. I was in Cleveland for a couple long periods that year, training in Cleveland. And also several years ago, before I became really into mountaineering, I did climb Kilimanjaro and I trained for it in Bangkok, which is below sea level. It's a city that's built on reclaimed land. It floods quite a bit. And both of those trips were pretty successful. Was I in as amazing of shape as I might have been if I was training in Colorado? I honestly didn't think so. Was I in good enough shape to do the things, have fun? Definitely true. So today I'm going to share with you a little bit of inspiration, first of all, because I think that training for the mountains in the flatlands is a special kind of mental challenge. You've got to have more grit than those bitches out in Colorado with their Rocky Mountain National Park in the backyard, right? A lot of flatland training, it tends to be repetitive. You might be on a stair mill. You might be climbing a hill up and down over and over and over again for a couple hours. So when you're in the thick of it and you're really bored and you're wondering if it's doing any good, I want you to remember a guy named Andrew Hampston. He's a former professional cyclist. He's the first American to win, I think still the only American to win a race called the Hero d'Italia. And the thing about the Hero, you guys probably know the Tour de France, right? That's a famous stage race for cycling. So the Hero is basically the equivalent of that in Italy. And it's famous for being really tough and really, really mountainous. So to win that race, you gotta be really good at riding in the mountains, at climbing. And the cool thing about Andrew Hampstead is he trained for the race in North Dakota, which is flat as a pancake. How did he do it? He rode hill repeats on the overpass ramp near his house in North Dakota. Was it boring? I'm sure it really was boring at times. Was he ready? He was so ready. He actually won in the year when they had the worst conditions in the history of cycling. There was a snowstorm in the mountains. People were getting hypothermia. They were having to be taken away in ambulances. Who was tough enough to survive? The guy from North Dakota, who was probably riding his bike up and down that pass in all kinds of weather. So you, can you train to be an elite, world-class, world champion, mountain athlete in the flatlands? There's living proof. It's Totally possible. Another interesting thing about Andrew Hampson, he didn't win the Tour de France, but he did win the mountain stage one year. So he was the king of the mountain for that year. Once again, 
training in North Dakota. Crazy stuff, right? So my question is, why can't that be you? It's going to take some grit. It's going to take some mental toughness, but you can do it. And here's another thing I want you to keep in mind when you're kind of slaving away in the salt mines of hill repeats and stair mills and inclined treadmills. Because your road to get there is so much harder, the goal when you achieve it is going to be that much sweeter. I remember when I climbed Kilimanjaro, I was training in Bangkok, and interestingly, I was climbing on a tour with a bunch of people from Colorado. So we climbed, we got to the top of the mountain. The people from Colorado, yeah, they're pretty excited. They're like, hey, that's cool. Oh my God, like I was just hysterical. Like (laughs) I had gone through so much to get there. I had in Bangkok had to put on my backpack, walk up and down the stairwell in my stupid apartment building. I lived in an 18 story high rise. So just for hours, I would walk up and down the stairs and the top six floors were in the dark. They were under construction. There were bats up there. The bats were pooping. So I had to wear my headlamp up there and like get pooped on by bats but oh my gosh like (laughs) I'm getting a little emotional thinking about what it was like to just do that for months and months and kind of suffer definitely more than these bitches from Colorado but still to be able to stand on the top still to get there it was such a sweet sweet moment and it will it will be for you too So what should you be focusing on while you're training in the flatlands? A lot of the things are going to be the same as everyone else. You got to have muscular strength and endurance. So you're going to be doing some weight training. You need to be functionally ready, which means you need lots of time on your feet. You need to be sure that you're getting out for those long hikes so that you're strengthening your joints, your connective tissue, your muscles. You need to get used to carrying a pack weight, similar to what you're going to be carrying on your goal trip. So what are the things that are going to be really challenging for you? What's going to be really challenging is just recreating that sport-specific exercise of stepping uphill, step after step, maybe hour after hour. You somehow have to find a way to recreate that in the flatlands where there's no mountains. Another thing that you really need to focus on is doing some higher intensity exercise to prepare for high altitude. Altitude. You have to make your heart strong enough so that on each pump, it's just shooting so much more blood through your body. You have to make your diaphragm, the muscle that moves your lungs, stronger so that it can work for hours and hours on end. What's the easiest way to do that? Higher intensity training. So we'll talk about some things in just a moment, like hill repeats intervals, things that can help you, but just make sure that you're getting out for plenty of long, steady training hikes, but you're also doing some workouts during the week that are a bit more intense. What's going to come easily for you training in the flatlands? The mental toughness. You're going to notice it when you get to the mountain, like those people that had it easy training in some place with mountains. When the going gets tough, they're going to be like, "Eh," you know, like this is hard. And, you know, you will have been doing hard, repetitive, boring, grueling things for so long, I guarantee you, it's going to be easier for you than them. So before we dive into the kind of workouts I want you to focus on for your flatland training, here's a quick little to-do list. Here are some things that you can do to organize yourself just to make this whole training season flow a little smoother. First of all, I want you to get a tracking app. It can be something on your phone that's totally fine. And I want you to make sure 
that it measures distance, but also elevation gain. So a really good free option that I like to use is called Strava. And kind of the annoying thing about Strava is you have to actually finish your hike and hit finish, stop tracking in order to see the elevation gain, but that's okay. For our purposes, what we're working on, that's gonna be just fine. Second thing I want you to do, I want you to make a list of training hikes and I want you to find hikes in a couple of different categories. So first of all, if at all possible, I want you to find some hikes that are on rolling terrain. They don't have to be up the side of a mountain. Obviously, if you're in the flatlands, you're probably not gonna have one of those. But if you can find something that's hilly, that goes up and down, even if it requires a bit of a drive for you, those are really good longer training hikes that you can do with your pack to get in shape. Second thing I want you to find is a hike with a steep hill. The hill does not have to be super tall. I'm talking a hill that you takes maybe two to three minutes for you to power walk up it. So that's not a huge hill, but I want you to find that hill and I want you to find the steepest version of that hill that you can. Preferably, this should also be close to your home so that maybe once a week after work, you can go over there and do some hill repeats. How do you find these hikes? Hikes, I think one of the easiest ways to do it is with hiking discovery apps. So some examples, all trails, hiking project, you can have it search for hikes near your location. It'll give you a bunch of options. And then you can use filters to sort those by distance or by grade. And you can look at things like the elevation gain, super useful apps. I'll put some link to those in the show notes. And the last item I have for you on this to-do list is to study your in-town training options. You're not going to be able to get away to hike every day unless you live in a cabin in the woods. But for most of us, you're going to have to do some training that's in town. And especially as I'm recording this in 2020, we have COVID. A lot of people don't feel comfortable going to the gyms. So it's actually going to take a little bit of extra planning, extra ingenuity if you don't have that particular resource. So some things I want want you to research. Where can you have access to a staircase that takes maybe five to 10 minutes to walk up? These stairs can be indoors, say in a high-rise building, if you live in a building like that. They can be outdoors, say maybe a parking garage or a stadium or an amphitheater. Another thing I want you to look for is a steep ramp. So for example, you could go the Andrew Hampton route and walk up the overpass ramp if you have one access to one of those. Other options include bridges. Sometimes bridges that go over rivers have these really nice steep ramps that are great for training. Park Parking garages can be good in a pinch. They're not as steep as bridges and overpasses generally, but especially if you're jogging or walking up with a heavy pack, you can definitely make it work. One final thing I want you to try to get access to if you possibly can is an incline treadmill, one that preferably goes over, say, 10% grade. These things are lifesavers. When I was training for Mount Rainier, this is how I did most of my winter training, was on the incline treadmill. So if you feel comfortable going to a gym right now during COVID, take a look at your options. You don't necessarily have to join a gym if you're just going to use the treadmill a couple times a week. It might be economical just to get a day pass at a rec center. You also may know someone that has an inclined treadmill. You can hop on Nextdoor, ask around. Maybe you can even trade some treadmill time for some babysitting time or a skill that you have. But yeah, see if you can find an inclined treadmill and get some access to it a couple times a week. It's going to be a lifesaver for you on those winter days when it's just 
absolutely too cold to get outside or maybe when you're working late and you just need to hop on the treadmill and get a workout done quick, you're really going to appreciate it being there. So you've got your to-do list made. Now let's talk about what are the best workouts you can do as someone who's training in the flatlands for mountain hiking. So a couple of options for you that I really like in no particular order. So the first one is stair climbing. If you have access to a stair mill, that's awesome. But actually fixed stairs are better for you. If you think about a stair mill, the belt is moving the stairs down as your foot's coming down on top of it. So you're not actually stepping up as much as you would on a fixed step generally. That being said, if a stair mill really is your only option, go for it. I have a friend who did all his in-town training for Denali on the stair mill. He would go to the gym wearing a weighted backpack. To climb Denali, you have to carry like a really heavy backpack. I think his was maybe like 60 pounds. And he would just, everyone would look at him funny because he had this giant backpack on, but he just hop on the stair mill and go. Um, generally, if you're doing a stair mill in a gym, you want to go at a time when there's not a lot of people. A lot of gyms are going to have 30-minute limits on how long you can use the equipment if someone's waiting. So just keep that in mind. This also applies to the incline treadmill. Incline treadmill, same principle. Heavy backpack, crank it up. Um, crank it up as steep as you can comfortably sustain a nice walking pace. I would say above 10% is ideal. And just keep walking, walking, walking. I used to, when I was getting ready for Mount Rainier, do a lot of my workouts with a weighted pack on the incline treadmill. And it was fun. I would download episodes of I think it was Game of Thrones at the time that I was really into. And just like watch one of those while hiking, walking on the treadmill. You can also change it up. I would generally have a day that was kind of a longer aerobic workout. And then I would have a day that was my tempo workout, picking up the pace a little bit to a fun, fast pace, not a killer pace, but trying to sustain that for maybe 45 minutes. So stair climbing, incline treadmill, probably your best bets for those in-town workouts. Another one that you can do if you have a hill somewhat close to you, and it doesn't have to be a hill on trail, it could be a hill on a road, is the hill repeat. So start with standing at the bottom, power walking up the steep hill as fast as you can for about a minute or so. You can recover by just walking back to the bottom and then repeat that a few times, maybe start with three times, see how that feels, work up to maybe 10 times. And you can also extend the length of the repeat, maybe going up to about three minutes. Another way to make repeats more intense, put your backpack on. It doesn't have to be the full pack that you would carry on the gold trip, but maybe wearing a pack with 20 pounds in it will really get your heart pumping, give you some intensity. Now, what about training hikes? For your longer hikes, as I mentioned, hiking on rolling terrain, hills that go up and down is really great. You'll be carrying some weight. You can increase the weight every week. Another thing that you can explore if you you enjoy running and if your knees and hips are up to it, give trail running a try. It's a great way, especially for those weekends when you're a little bit time crunched, to get a really nice training load in, lots of intensity without necessarily it taking all day. Trail running can be especially beneficial in the flatlands because those longer training hikes, they're going to get kind of boring. You might have to travel far to get to a really good one. So trail running, at least for some of your weekend workouts can keep you a bit fresh. Other things you can do, 
If you live near a beach with sand, put on your backpack, head down to the beach and hike. The resistance of the sand against your feet, it's going to mimic going uphill even if the beach is pretty flat. Along the same principle, you can take up a snow sport. Snowshoeing is probably one of the ones that's easiest, doesn't require a lot of equipment or skill. You can take your kids snowshoeing pretty easily. Um, I recommend renting some snowshoes the first few times you go just to see if you actually like the sports. But the great thing about snowshoeing is that the weight of the shoe, the resistance of the snow against the shoe, actually gives you a way better workout than just going for a hike. In the summer, I will think nothing of going for like a 10, 12 mile hike in the mountains in Colorado. But in the winter, when I'm in the same kind of shape, I go six miles on snowshoes, I feel pretty wiped out. So like running, it's, it's a way to get a more intense workout in without it taking so much time or having to cover so much distance. So as you can imagine, some of these workouts probably sound pretty repetitive, like being on a stair mill for a couple of hours with your pack. It's pretty boring, right? Or just walking up and down the same set of stairs or doing hill repeats. So the last thing I want to cover are just some ways to keep your mind fresh and occupied while you're training, especially as you start moving into some of these longer workouts. So probably the best way to do it, if you have a really good friend that will do it with you, or if you have a couple friends that will come with you, maybe for one comes for an hour and then leaves and then another one joins while you're doing your hill repeats. They may not be as crazy as you and wanting to do this for three hours, but maybe they'll come for an hour or maybe they'll come for half an hour. So definitely start talking to your friends, encouraging them to come for all or part of your workout. It definitely makes a huge difference. If you're alone, really, really thinking about ways to keep yourself entertained. Some that I personally love, podcasts, audiobooks. A lot of libraries now lend audiobooks. You don't necessarily need to join Audible, which can be expensive. If you're in the gym on a treadmill, on a steer mill, consider downloading some movies through something like Amazon Prime or Netflix. You can binge watch an entire series while you're getting in your long workout at the gym. One more thing that's worth mentioning are social fitness apps, things like Strava. Maybe you have a friend who's trading for the same trip, and maybe you're not in the same state, but you guys can actually go out on the same day. You can track with Strava. You can compare stats. You can share pictures. Strava is designed to be social as well as a tracking app, so it's a good way to just keep in touch with other folks who might be trading for the same trip, even if they can't be right there with you. So friends. I hope that's super helpful. I hope for those of you who are trading in the flatlands who just feel like you're down there in the salt mines doing your hill repeats, doing your gym workouts, that you really, really take heart and realize that it all can be worth it. You can be just as successful as you would be if you were living someplace with huge mountains. And that at the end of the trip, when you're finally standing on top of the mountain and you've achieved your goal, it's going to be that much sweeter because you had to work way harder for it than those little bitches in Colorado that just live at high elevation in the mountains and everything's easy. If you need some help, some encouragement, definitely think about hopping in my Facebook group. This is one of the number one things, number one pain points that people run up against. And they're very, very sweet with encouraging one another, giving each other ideas for work 
workouts. So if you're in the same boat, you will certainly be welcomed. And that's all I have for you this week. Have a wonderful week and I will see you right here in seven days. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.